Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Deidre Chin. Did I say that right? I hope I said that right. <laughs> it was pretty good. Okay. It was first time. <laughs> Yay, cool. I watched some of your stuff to see you pronounce your name. So, <laughs> Deidre helps high ticket coaches who do podcasts make money with social media. And I am getting the scoop today on how she does it. Okay. So like, like I said, before we started recording, like, I think there's so much to learn from other people's successes, failures, journeys, ups and downs. Like, would you mind sharing some of your ups and downs with our listeners and kind of what you learned and pivoted and oh how God. you got to where you're at? Yes. Where do I start? <laughs> it was so, so much along my journey. Okay. So I'm going to take you back all the way to, you know, 2013. So almost a decade ago when I started my first ever business. Uh, and that was with my husband. Uh, we started at the Chalk Pot. It's a dessert bar based in Sydney. And um, can I tell you, uh, I would. This is definitely a pothole that I would highly recommend that people uh, avoid, which is to start your first business as a brick and mortar business. It is hard. <laughs> it is tough. Uh, we had no idea going into it what we were what we were going to be in for. But because um, you're, you know, you're you've committed to a lease. So that was at least the next three to five years of our life was like, okay, we have to be, we're in this and we have to make this work. Um, it costs a lot to fit out a, a place. So we were already in debt from day one. So um, yeah, stay on mine if you, <laughs> if you can. That's my first piece of advice there. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, honestly, like we str we did struggle. I'm not going to lie. That's, I think that's just normal being a normal entrepreneur. Um, it took us months and months and months. It felt like a lifetime before we actually managed to um, get our brand and our name out there. And I honestly, at the time, I didn't even think that we were going to make it, <laughs> if I'm going to be super honest. Um, and, but we did, and we actually grew that brand. So the chocolate to five locations, um, we also um, started a burger restaurant alongside that Stacks on Burger. So we grew, grew that, that to two locations. And then fast forward to 2018, the end of 2018, and uh, we found out that one of our most trusted employees, we were actually nurturing him to become sort of our operations manager across our whole uh, brand. We found out that he had been stealing from us um, and he'd been stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from us, like a lot of money. And um, it was kind of like at that moment, it was almost the, I felt feel like it was uh, the, the pattern interrupt, call it like the switch breaker, whatever that I needed to kind of be like, is this a path that we want to be on? Like, is this actually what we want to be doing? So I started to kind of, you know, with my husband question, yeah, everything. And um, at, in that moment, we were just, I was like, because I've always wanted to experience working and living overseas. And I was like, ah, oh, effort let's just do it. Like when ne there's never going to be a better time. Um, you know, our, our business honestly was systemized enough that it could run pretty well without us. We obviously have to spend a, a few more months just really tightening that. Um, and so we made the decision to move all the way to the other side of the world to New York city. Um, and at the same time, I was actually working on this other business idea with another co-founder. Actually, we had met, um, 
at in, a, in corporate and we were working on this fashion technology idea. So when I kind of was raising it with her to be like, hey, we've made this decision because, and by the way, what better place than New York City for fashion and technology to explore this idea that we have. Um, and I was first I was like, you know, this we can make this work. I'm on, you know, Northern Hemisphere. You can do Southern Hemisphere hours. And then ultimately I was just like, you know what? Do you just want to come as well? Um, and she did. And so I, we moved over to New York City um, with my co-founder, my husband and my cat. Um, and since then, it has been, let me tell you, a journey. Um, we So we started, we hit the ground running with that fashion te- technology idea. We started, uh, our hypothesis was that our cl- customers were going to be college students or young professionals. So we went to like Columbia Uni, NYU, Wall Street, you know, we're just speaking to women. And what we realized was that the the problem that we were trying to solve for was probably not a big enough one to warrant continuing. So we actually failed that business. Um, so we landed in New York mid-2019 and we failed it by the end of that year. Uh, and then in the meantime, we had been speaking to brands and boutiques and um, every time we were like, you know, what's the problem that you, that you would want solving? They were like, time and again, client acquisition, client acquisition, or customer acquisition. And so we actually kind of fell into agency work, um, digital marketing, di- digital marketing work for these brands and boutiques. And then that led us down the path of actually coaching e-commerce brands. Um, and then there was this moment when um, it actually happened kind of towards the end of last year where I was starting to feel really burnt out and I was at this event with uh, that Tony Robbins was speaking at actually, and he said something that sort of crystallized everything for me because I was in this like funk, you know, like I just, the business was going well. It was doing, you know, I was at, it was already at multiple six figures. This was after like, you know, 12 months of this coaching business. And yet I was like, I just don't feel like this is right. Like, I just, I don't know what's, what's wrong, but, and so when I was listening to him and he said something that, as I said, crystallized it for me because he said, um, he was talking about patterns of focus and um, particularly patterns of focus for finding happiness or fulfillment. And one of the things that he mentioned was like that when you, one of the patterns of focus is when you focus on what you have rather than what's missing. And that's when I realized that that's what I've been doing this whole 12 to 18 months was because I always was trying to fill these gaps in myself, in my knowledge, in my, you know, all of these things. And I was just like constantly like running, 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 trying to like feel this gut. I just was just burning my burning myself out. Um, and so I actually um, then and there was like, okay, but something that I do have is, you know, I'm, people are surprised when I, when I say this, but I'm like actually this awkward, shy introvert. Um, and yet I've still been able to like, you know, climb the ladder in corporate and I've still been able to build businesses and promote them, even though I hate being the face of anything, really, Um, all of that, those things. And so what I wanted to do was actually to help other entrepreneurs find their own remarkability and be able to share those stories um, with with their own audience. And so that led us down the path that we're on right now, um, which is Capture. So Capture is a software that we developed we actually only launched mvp at the very end of last year and um it essentially helps 
um, podcasters to turn their stories into a bank of social media captions and emails. Um, and it's not about like repurposing blindly. It's actually about how do we smartly use that content um, to actually to and to make it fit for purpose for the platform that we want to be promoting it on. So um, that's kind of, yeah, the journey that I'm on right now. <laughs> there are so many like really cool parts to that though, that it's like, I want to make sure our listeners caught. Yes. Cause like in my experience, my own experiences and then talking with so many other business owners over 15 years, it was like the first thing you started off with was you ended up with a very successful business but your advice is don't do a brick and mortar for your first business ever. It was so not worth it. So it's like, even though it worked for you, you're like, yeah, it worked. But like, holy cow, don't do that if you have other options. <laughs> and I think that's true for a lot of people. Like, even if you can grind and you can pull through and you can make it successful, when hindsight 2020, you're like, there's better ways to have done that. Like, that didn't have to be how I made my first success. Yeah. It could have been way easier. Don't go that route. Yes. So I thought that was really cool. The other thing was, you know, this like, wow, I can't think of the word. I just lost it. Uh, sunk cost bias. Mm -hmm. So like you traveled all the way to New York. You brought, you know, you brought your co-founder, you brought your husband, you brought your cat. You're like, we're going to do this. And you thought you were like so in, but you still were willing to be like, this isn't the thing. We've talked to people. We've tried to do it. We thought we had a thing, but you were able to walk away and pivot. And that's something so many business owners fell at. It literally is called sunk cost bias. Yeah. When you have put a lot of time and investment into something and you have this bias that that has to be how you recoup your investment. You have to make that thing work to justify the time and expense you've put into it. Yes. And you didn't do that. You said, no, okay, let's do this. Yes. You also like <laughs> talked to the population you talked to humans, even being introverted, which I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm incredibly introverted. I can do this, but if you see me out in public somewhere, I'm hiding in the corner, not talking to anybody anywhere. Yeah. The blue hair fools people. <laughs> I'm very introverted. But you got past that. Like somebody else I interviewed, she said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And that's an essential skill for entrepreneurs. So being introverted, you have to do that. Yeah. And you did. And you talked to people and you said, okay, I hear a problem. What is our solution? Instead of jumping into the market with a solution to a problem that isn't a problem, yeah. which you experienced. Yes. So there was like, it was a big story with lots to unpack, but there were so many nuggets in there that it's like, I want to probably tell our listeners, go back and listen again. <laughs> listen to the potholes. Listen to what she did and what she had to do to kind of, to get past that because there's some really smart entrepreneurial things happening in there that you probably didn't realize you were doing at the oh, time. <laughs> yeah. And thank you. Thank you for summarizing. I feel like you really summarized it in like so succinctly. Cause I was like, I, I tell you, Christina, like as I was going through all of that, I was like, it felt like failure after failure after failure um, at that time. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> but thank you for And it does. And like, if you listen to everybody's stories, Tony Robbins story, Dean Gracioso's story, like if you listen behind, you know, to the nuggets for what these guys are sharing of their journeys, mm -hmm. which is why I love opening with the journey mm -hmm. question. They have the same things. They encountered something that they put a lot of time and effort into and it failed. Yeah. And they were smart enough to walk away before it pulled them down. Yeah. 
you know, they'll have something where it's like, yeah, this worked, but I advise you not to do it, you know, because there's a better way. There's an easier way. And usually they're going to sell you on here's what it yes. is because <laughs> that's the point, right? They figured it out. Yes. They're going to go solve for a problem in the market that they encountered. Um, so, I mean, you hear the same things over and over again. So it's like if we learn from that and reverse engineer that and not do that ourselves, be aware that things like sunk cost bias exist, be, <laughs> be aware that we need to have conversations with actual humans because it's helpful. You know, it's like, I just, I love that. So there was so, so, so much to unpack and that was so great. So like another thing that you've done, and I really want to dig into this a little bit, is you not only niched into an audience because now you're mostly focused with like high ticket coaches. Yes. But you also niched your product offering, yes, which is something that a lot of people don't realize they need to do. They, they're like, hey, we have our whole suite of services. And if we just go find the right human that we can offload all of this onto, that it's going to work, right? Especially in the digital marketing world, because we like doing everything. Yes. I'm guilty of this myself. Yeah. How do we do one thing for one group of people? And be better at it than anybody else. And you've done that <laughs> with your podcasting stuff. So yeah. I want to dig into a little bit. You kind of hinted on it right there at the end yeah. with the capture thing. Yeah. Tell us why you like, what does that actually do? What's the benefit? So when somebody does what you're saying to do, when these high ticket coaches do this with the podcast, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. So this is really funny because I fell into th making that same mistake. Because when we uh, transitioned our business to cap show, we were like, this can help all entrepreneurs. <laughs> Everybody does it. Every I did too. I'm guilty. I have been there, done that, and I'm only just in the last year, yeah. year and a half, really not just niching into the people that need what I do, but the ones that I have fun helping. Yeah, 100%. yeah <laughs> like I put more focus on like my emotional energy at the end of a day, yes. like even if it's a long day. Yes. Eight to 10 hours. Like I come out of my day, come out of my weeks, still having mental calories and emotion left to be with my family. Yes. You know, and it's like even working less hours, but not having that emotional energy. It's not the solution. Yeah. You have to come out and still have some mental calories <laughs> left. So when you, when you niche like that, you don't burn them all trying to work with like 10 different people over the, like yeah. one, one moment you're working with somebody who sells cat products. The next minute you're talking with like a high ticket coach and yeah. the next minute you're talking about someone who sells jeans and you're like the, the mental hoops yeah. you jump through. Yeah. There's no mental calories left at the end of the day. Uh -huh. None. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and that's, and that's the thing. Cause like, you, like it was, so I, I spoke about our previous coaching business actually went really went really well which you know we brought to the ground <laughs> but like you know and in a way I, I feel like we were fortunate because we kind of like stumbled into a niche in, in a way like we were just like okay well we helped e-commerce in our agency so we'll just help e-commerce in our coaching like that just made sense and we were already kind of by almost by default speaking to a particular niche when we were like oh, well, now we have this cool new product and I can help all these entrepreneurs find their remarkability and share it with the world through telling their stories. And like, we can make it so easy for them with this software. We, so we went down that path and I can tell you, like the mental calories thing that you talk about is so real. Like we were, we were like twisting ourselves into knots, trying to like, you know, come up with messages and, and things like that that would speak to all of these people no matter where you were, no matter if you were e-commerce or if you were coaching or, you know, it didn't matter. 
and that and what we were finding we were just not getting cut through I think that's ultimately what it came down to right which is that you know we were trying to um, at the time we were running a lot of webinars and things like that and we were just not getting like people were just not showing up and we're like okay what's happening why why are people not showing up like why are people not responding in the way that you know we want them to so every time that there's a problem in your business no matter where in the funnel like you look at the data and you go okay like how do I fix this? So uh, we hopped on a, uh, it was really funny because we hopped on a coaching call with one of our coaches and we were like, oh, this is just going to take five minutes. We just need to like hone in on our messaging. Okay. Can you just help out? Like, this is our headline. We just need help with this. And basically 45 minutes later, we, <laughs> from, a five, from a five minute conversation, we were like sweating because it was like very direct targeted questions to us to be like, who are you talking to? Like who, you know, and we're like, oh, we're talking to, you know, like heart-centered entrepreneurs. Oh, we're talking to like, and it was just so like, you know, even when you when we look back at that now, we're like, what were we thinking? What were we doing? Um, and he was, he just went, he just like cut straight to the point, which is like, you have to niche down. You have to. And it was such a, it was so hard for us. I I like I tell you Christina it was it, this we had this conversation on a Friday morning and literally that I, I could not I was like done I could not actually phys, like mentally physically nothing like actually work I was like okay I'm gonna go on a walk so I went on a, like this 90 minute walk because I just needed to like I think you know just clear like rest my brain almost because I was going through this almost like this internal struggle of like Okay, I'm being told and I'm very, and I'm, and I'm pride myself on being very coachable. So on the one hand, I'm like, I'm being told by my coach, I have to niche down. And on the other hand, I'm like, this is internal struggle with it because it's like, but we can help everyone. And, but you know, all those things that you tell yourself, right. In the end, I was just like, no, no, no. Like we're being like, there's a reason why we invest in ourselves. We need to listen to our coach and do you know, do, do these things. So, um, the next step for us was, yeah, to your point, like who, how do we actually niche down? Um, the first step that we took was, um, who already tells naturally tells their stories, who already understands that telling stories is actually quite important. Um, because we don't want to go through the work of having to convince someone that they have to tell their stories. And first it was like, is it like authors and bloggers and, you know, is um, and then in the end, I was thinking, but I, I was like, well, but I love podcasting. Like I've had, I have like multiple podcasts now that is natural because I do that already. I can speak very authentically to, to that experience. So I'm like, okay. So people who podcast, um, but then it was like, okay, that's still, you know, a lot of people. Uh, but so we need to really work because if, if people who podcast looking to monetize, so it could be like any, every, anyone from like a true crime podcast, who's looking to like get ads and, you know, things like that to, um, to actual business owners. And for me, like I've always, you know, podcasted for business to get leads, um, and, um, share my content. Uh, and so that again was natural. Okay. So we want to work now with business owners who podcast in order to actually generate leads. Like it's actually and maybe they don't know it at the time that that's what they want to do. Maybe they just started it because they just want to create content. But ultimately, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we need an ROI on almost every, <laughs> or we should be expecting an ROI on almost every activity that we do. Um, and so if we're putting great content out there, we should be expecting that that is converting into something 
tangible for us. So we should be getting leads from our podcast. So I was like, okay, so that's okay. That's good. So it's like, we're going business owners who, who podcast, but I'm like, okay, but that's still like, we need to almost like, is there further that we can niche down? And so where my mind went to was like, well, we want to help people get leads again, to your point, we want to work with people who we like working with, who we understand, um, who we can talk authentically to their experiences. And we also want to be able to help people that can get a return on their money pretty quickly. right? Uh, and so that's why we were like, well, again, I'm a high ticket coach. Um, so it just makes sense to now niche even further down to high ticket coaches and consultants who podcast. Um, and so that's kind of where we landed. And I can tell you, like, the reason why it was also so hard was because I was already projecting in that moment when my coach was like, hey, you have to niche down. I was already projecting in my mind, like, everything that was going to have to change. Like, we had already built, and granted it was MVP, but we had built a software product that was helping all entrepreneurs. And I was like, that's going to have to change now with this niche. And, and so already, I think that's why I think on that Friday, I was just so dead because I was like, I don't know how we're going to make this happen. But I can tell you now being on the other side of of that, that like, I am so grateful that it has happened because everything, messaging, content, like it has, it's so easy now to just work out what it is that we have to say or talk about. Right. Rather than rather than, again, twisting ourselves into knots, being like, okay, so this is we're going to talk about, I don't know, something really general. It has to be general because we're talking to all entrepreneurs. I mean, like, no, 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 I can talk about this one specific thing that maybe this experience that I had podcasting and that's going to be relevant to my audience because that's who I'm talking to. Um, And so everything off the back of it has just been so much simpler, so much easier. so yeah, that's that's what I have to say about niche. <laughs> Almost everybody goes through that too. You hear that same story again too, but usually they do it in fits and spurts. Like they don't just like go from they don't so like the thing that you did was like your marketing wasn't working and you started digging into why. Mm. And instead of just trying to make guesses and assumptions and just make changes and hope it worked, you went to a coach. Mm-hmm. And so like, we need that. We need coaches. We need mentors. We need advisors that have seen this problem a thousand times over Yes. so that we can just jump instead of scaling it slowly, you know, and making all the mistakes. So that was one really smart thing. You had a sunk cost bias that you had to overcome again. So you might have a superpower for that one because you're doing it again. And that's a really tricky one. It's emotionally draining. And you did it again because you're like, the software is for everybody. And so like your dreary day where you're like, oh that was sunk cost bias again and you're having to like crawl past that and like just be like okay here we go (laughs) but then you also went really narrow on your niche and I love your thought process that you just walked us through because so many people and I think you'll see this with Dean Graciosi you'll see it with Tony Robbins there's a whole Pedro Adeo talks about it Mm. where you get to your micro dot your micro niche yes and it's like you started with you know looking at so many really smart things there were so many really smart things in that that were so cool because it's like you looked at you know who needs this you know which is really like where in the market does the thing that we have fit who needs it the most mm. and then you looked at okay who's going to get the return on it I mean they're going to be very happy customers they're going to be easy to service yeah. and you saw that clarity in messaging but I bet you also saw clarity in the service side of it and delivering mm. it yeah 
which is something a lot of people don't talk about. When we talk about niching, usually the conversation is around clarity and messaging. Mm. Most people have the same experience that you had where it's like, eh, my messaging isn't quite clear. We're not hitting. We're not getting the signups. We're not getting the sales. The solution is to speak to a very specific segment of people about a very specific problem. But what they don't realize is what that does on the flip side. Because now you're dealing with deliverables and you're talking to the same kinds of people all day, every day that are having the same kinds of problems. You're being able to not just weave your experiences in, but weave theirs together. So your advice starts getting better. Mm. You're like, yeah, I was just talking with somebody earlier this morning that had a similar problem. We did this, or we just talked about some, you know, talked about this with someone last week. They made this change, and now this result is happening because yeah. you end up getting really good. Yes. You serve at a higher level than you ever thought you could because same thing, and the mental calories are less. Yes. You're not having to, like, reinvent how do we help this person that you've never helped before or that you've only worked with somebody like them once or twice or instead you're working with like dozens and hundreds of the same people Mm. having the same thing. And then the easiest niching activity ever working for people that are just like you. Yeah, totally. Like so many people go through this whole rigmarole of like, how do I niche? How do I niche? You say like, okay, I'm not unique. I want to think I'm unique. (laughs) We feel like we're unique as entrepreneurs. We we have special sauce that nobody else has in the entire world. Right. We feel like it, but that's not true. There's a lot of people just like me and there are thousands that haven't made it as far as I have. And I can help them get to at least where I'm at. And because I'm still moving forward Mm -hmm. when they do catch up, I've already moved on. Yes. Yep. And I can just keep pulling them forward. That is the simplest way to niche. And we don't figure that out until we've gotten to the end of that whole, like you just walked through your thought process. And at the very end, you're like, well, I'm a high ticket coach (laughs) that likes the podcast. And knows how to do this content thing so that we get it out there everywhere off of that. Yeah. Like we go through so much just to be like, I want to work for people like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it works every time. Everybody that does it, it works every time. <laughs> 100%. So I love that. I feel like there's, there's just so much happening in there. Um, okay. So I know podcasting is a huge thing, specifically with coaches. We've talked about that. We're doing one right now. Obviously, it's important. Yes. So, like, if somebody already has a podcast mm. and they don't know about you and all your awesome sauce and all the stuff that you do yes. and all the things that you know works, what advice would you have for them if they're just, you know, ego fueled podcasting? They're just doing it because it makes it feel good, or they're not getting their ROI and they want to. What would you have to say to them? Be smarter with your time. <laughs> definitely get, definitely aim to get an ROI from this. This is such a like. This is a thing. This is such a rich medium. Um, and I was reading um, uh, Daniel Priestley's book called Oversubscribed, and he talks about this seven hour rule. And uh, like things started clicking. For, so basically, what he talks about is this seven hour rule is uh, based on you know I guess his research and Google's research, etc. Uh, it generally, on average, takes about seven hours for anyone to um sorry it takes spending at least seven hours with you for anyone to come to know like and trust you and then therefore to want to open them well it's up to you right um yep and you know i used to run a lot of challenges and things in the past and i was like oh there's a reason why things like a challenge works because people are spending that time with you and that led me to think about okay well how else can we clock up these seven hours without 
you know, again, running all these challenges, like, because it's very draining on, you know, time and energy and things like that. And that's why I just, like, immediately podcasting came to mind um, because it's such great long-form content that engages with your ideal audience in a way where they come to know who you are. Um, they come to not only know who you are and your stories, but also what value you can actually provide to them. So, um, so my whole thing is like, you're already creating this content. How can you create this content in a way that actually gets you an outcome that is going to be beneficial for your business, obviously, because uh, we all want sales at the, at the end of it. And that is by being smart about clocking up these seven hours, at least with your ideal audience. Um, and, you know, for me, that starts from social media because, you know, we've been given these platforms where we have access to billions of people. So how do we use social media in a really smart way to actually get their attention and get them to want to compel them actually to listen to our podcast um, and from our podcast to join our list, join our conversion event, join out whatever it is that we want to get them to. And to do that, um, I created this system called Content Honey Traps. Um, and that's kind of my strategy for getting people through that front end funnel from social media to your podcast, through your podcast as well, um, and then into that conversion event that I spoke about. Um, and then by the time that you do make that pitch or, you know, you get on the sales call or whatever it is, they've already spent all that time with you that it's kind of like, yeah, this is just a formality. Here's my credit card. Let's do this thing. You know, that's kind of, that's what we're aiming towards. So I would highly encourage people. Like I know that, you know, cause I did the same thing. I went into podcasting just like, oh, I'm just going to start talking and we'll see, you know, I'm creating content and we'll see how this goes. Um, but honestly, like when I s spoke to clients who ended up signing on with me, they were like, yeah, I, time all of them were like I listened to your podcast and that's you know that was like one big step in their journey in making that decision to become a client um and so like don't please don't view a podcast as one of those things that's like yeah I'm just gonna do it and whatever we'll see like be intentional with your podcast um uh, yeah it's 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 a it's an awesome audience medium awesome audio and medium it's an awesome <laughs> medium to actually uh start to close your your high ticket clients oh i love that that's so much like I, I talk about something similar i call it the helpful human strategy it's like run around and be a helpful human as much as humanly possible yeah and start building relationships with people like one of the things that baffles me still to this day is people that are in masterminds, they're in workshops, they're participating in like things where you have Zoom mm. and you have the ability to turn your camera on because more and more people are doing their even their webinars and Zoom meetings instead of Zoom webinar. Mm. You can turn your camera on. Yeah. You can show up. Yeah. If somebody just sat through a two or three hour or multi-day workshop thing or you're in a mastermind where you meet once a week and there's an hour every week, seven weeks later, they should remember who you look like, you know, but if you didn't turn your camera on the whole time. Yeah. They don't, they don't see you. If you don't, you know, come off, get your camera on, get your mic on, participate in the conversation and you can build no like and trust just like that. Yes. It's so simple and it's, you're already spending the time, but instead of keeping your camera off and just passively like working on email or whatever, while you're in the thing, turn your camera on and be present. Yeah. You know, okay. such a like 
simple thing, but the same logic, you know? It's one of my little soapboxes that drives me crazy. <laughs> I've, like, made people turn all their cameras on. When I'm like, hey, this is really awesome, and you guys are missing out. If you don't have your camera on, you need to turn it on. <laughs> they're, they're saying good things. <laughs> so I love it. I think that there's so much to unpack there. So, okay, I know we've kind of danced around a little bit on how exactly you help people. Mm. Let's get straight to the point. So somebody's like, I love everything she's saying. I'm wasting my time with my podcast and I need to like just have you. Yes. How, what do you do? How do they find you? Yeah. So, um, okay. So what I do, so I have kind of like two, um, a couple of things that I do. So I have a course that is, you know, kind of do it yourself, um, you know, just basically talks you through my strategy of laying those content honey traps. So how do you actually um, create a podcast episode that is super compelling from start to end um, and get them onto the next the next step and then going backwards in the funnel, like reverse engineering from there is like how do you then unleash <laughs> that? So using social media and everything, all the tools that you have at your disposal to get, get that traffic in um, and then exploding your list like that. So I have a, a course, a DIY course, if you – want to know more about that, I actually have a podcast um, that actually goes through that strategy um, in a lot more detail. So that's a free podcast. You can sign up to that. Um, and then from there, you can learn more about the course that I have. Um, the other option then sort of in my value ladder, uh, uh, um, you know, a step up from that is then my, uh, is an offer where <laughs> I actually then extend on that. And because a lot of it, a lot of the heavy lifting that happens is actually, yes, the podcast is one, but it's more so the traffic part, right? It's actually like, I don't honestly love, I, I actually don't like social media at all. I actually I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Like I credit it with a lot of my of growth, of business growth, but I hate being on it and I hate doing it. Um, and so I had to create my own system for not having to do it, essentially. Um, and so I've, I, I've now got it down to spending only, I only spend two hours a week on social media activities. Um, and that's because I've been able to create this system and get the support on the ground through virtual assistants to actually do a lot of the heavy lifting for me. So uh, my other offer is actually essentially plugging that whole system in. So we spend six weeks um, with a business um, hands-on, like, and it's literally my, basically my whole team six weeks with that business to actually embed this process so that the CEO only has to spend like maximum of two hours a week um, on social media activities. Um, and that's, yeah, that's it. Their, their VA will handle everything literally. And what that includes is actually getting the leads on social media um, that they're doing as well. So uh, yeah, so that's something else that we help with too. Uh, so yeah, if you want to get in touch with that, then definitely reach out to me. Um, you can go to my website, d3shen.com and uh, see and read about actually both as well. That is awesome. That's another really smart thing that most coaches don't do. <laughs> so that's another one of my little soapboxes I've been on with coaches here lately is it's like, they create the info products. They'll do one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, courses, paid webinars, free content, all of that kind of stuff. They all pretty much dabble in at some point, some way, shape, form, or fashion. But that implementation piece, mm. I feel like so many coaches are missing implementation yeah. because we're further along than our clients are. We know how to hire. We know how to build processes. We know how to train people. We know how to implement the things we teach, but then we expect when we coach our clients, they can just somehow magically, you know, have all of those skills overnight yes. and go find the right people to help them implement, or they can figure out how to implement on their own. 
I don't care how good your course is. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to screw up the implementation. So if you have some way for them to just be like, can you just do for me what you're, what you're telling me I need to do? It's such a simple no brainer offering to add on yes. for a high ticket program that you can just bolt on. Yeah. Just be like, I've already done this for me. Let me just go do it for you real quick. Yeah. And you can bolt on that high ticket thing. And so many people leave that money on the table and it's so funny. <laughs> it's like the more I've paid attention to that ever since I had my own light bulb moment on that and built my own program doing implementation. Yeah. It was like, why is nobody else doing this? What is happening? Yeah. Why, why is nobody else realize this? <laughs> totally. So I love it. That's another really cool thing. And I will make sure I drop that link wherever you guys are watching this from all over the internet. Cause we put it everywhere. The link to her website will be there so you can go get all that awesomeness because you need it. That is fantastic. Six weeks and you only have to spend two hours on social media. Like, I know I'm, I'm about to be asking you about that since we're <laughs> recording because that's amazing. Um, which probably happens to you a lot, which is another reason that you should be doing podcasting and having something really good. There's actually a book that talks about that. Um, Content-Based Networking by James Carberry. Mm, okay. He owns Sweetfish Media, which is a huge podcasting company. Okay. But he talks about being intentional with where you show up. So who you interview mm -hmm. on your show. And then who you're a guest for. Because like it's, it's the exact opposite. So like, can you imagine combining both strategies? I'm addicted. I've got to learn more. Um, because like you're talking about how to monetize the audience. Yeah. He talks about how to monetize the interview. Mm. So you're on like you're guesting with people that would be potential clients, Got it. Yes. which, you know, obviously because you do podcast stuff, you're, you're guesting with people that are your target clients. Yeah. So you're, you're using that strategy yeah. um, or like being, you know, bringing people on to interview that would be your target clients and using those multiple touch points of, you know, Hey, I think I would like to interview you and having a pre-interview conversation and then, being on the interview and having the before you record and the after you record and being strategic about that. And then being strategic with, Hey, the episode is done and there's another touch point and let's connect on social media. And let's, so that whole, you know, what it takes to get a podcast out the door yeah. is an opportunity for multiple touch points with somebody that you normally wouldn't be able to get in the room with very easily. If you're just like, Hey, I want to have a sales call with you. Yes. Can I pitch my service? You know? Yeah. So those two strategies together, money, money, money on that <laughs> podcast. Talk about ROI. Like, holy cow, you're going to be raking it in if you're not already. You probably are already, but you will be if you're not. That's crazy. I love it. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all these amazing nuggets and for sharing your story. And there was just so much to unpack. And I'm going to be rewatching this and I hope everybody else watches it multiple times because this was great. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. It was it's so it was so lovely speaking to you, Christina. You just I feel like we're just on the same wavelength. Ah, oh, definitely. We're definitely on the same wavelength. <laughs> I love it. So guys, entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action. Head over to etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. We bring on great people like Deidre all the time for you to learn from. So See us again next time. Bye.